Hey guys, welcome back to the GOAT Podcast. This is your host, Michael Clark, joined today by none other than our regular guest, Monica Teske. Monica, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks. I, I guess I am a regular guest now. I haven't really thought about that before. The only person that's been on the show more than you is me. So yes, um, this is becoming <laughs> a regular habit here. And I enjoy it, and I hope our, our listeners do too. Um, Monica, we didn't really get to talk on text message today. So while I pull together all of our rumors, why don't you okay. give the listeners your real-time reaction to the first 10 minutes of the podcast yesterday where we had my dad join and also some of your thoughts about the mock drafts that happened yesterday and we can go from there. Okay. Um, yeah, we didn't really get to talk yesterday. Um, let me just try to remember. I really, I really liked what your dad had to say. I, I found it very interesting to see where a lot of your fantasy football perspective came from. I really liked that. And then it was also interesting knowing your fantasy perspective as a someone who co-owned with you. I could see how you've tweaked your dad's strategy just a little bit and made it work for you. And I thought that was very interesting. Um, <clears throat> for the draft, I thought that the Lions got the best overall draft out of everybody. Um, I was really, I was, what you were able to get for the Lions, I thought was incredible. Uh, and if that was, if that was my team, I would be ecstatic. Also, um, I really, really fell in love with this. I know you didn't pick it. It was a computer pick, but yeah. I was in love with the Stetson Bennett to Green Bay because that, I mean, that's what Stetson's done his whole career. So he's had to fight for that job. So what is a more perfect place than Green Bay? where he would be competing with Jordan Love day in and day out for that job. And it's crazy to think, and I'm, you know, Marcus Mariota a few years ago drafted very high based on his college production when he didn't even win a championship. Um, right. Jameis right. Winston drafted number one overall based on his one championship. One championship. Here Stetson Bennett played in three, right? And won two. Yeah, he won mm -hmm. two out of three was there three years in a row and was in the SEC championship game four years in a row, right? I believe so. And yet we're talking about a guy that the computer said was 237. Um, that's insane to me. Uh, mm -hmm. And his, his stats are not bad, but a no. lot of people are saying, and here's, here's we'll say this and I know we got to move on, but I get so fed up with the inconsistency of, well, he has a stacked team, okay, and Mac Jones didn't. Okay. C.J. Stroud and didn't. And C.J. Stroud didn't, or Dwayne Haskins, Young didn't. or Justin Fields, or Joe Burrow, or any of the. And I'm not saying Stetson Bennett's on the level of all of those quarterbacks, but right. you cannot deny, you cannot deny that if Stetson goes to the right fit and can be that type of you know player again, right, he's going to be the next you know generation's Tim Tebow, and. That's why I was going, as soon as that missed pass or that pick thrown by Love, it's going to be Stetson, Stetson, because that's all they're going to want. 
Yeah, I saw someone talk. I can't even remember who it was, but I saw someone say that they thought Stetson's career trajectory was going to be that of Chase Daniel. Hmm. I get it, but I don't. I think... I think if he gets drafted to the right place, he could have a better career trajectory than Chase Daniel. I don't think he's going to be a perpetual backup, but we'll see. It could it could be more of a Jimmy G. I could see that a little bit more. Yeah, he might start off as a backup. I do think he's going to end up playing in the NFL for yeah. for however long. I mean, Gardner Minshew has carved out a role where every time he's a, you know an available free agent, somebody's signing him. Yeah. He's a very serviceable quarterback. All right. He's not he's not someone that I would pick to uh lead my team to a Super Bowl, right. but if I'm trying to get to 9 and 8, yeah. I might take him. All right. So, the last thing we got to talk about before we get into the rumor mill is your real-time reaction that you had to what I did for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't really remember much of what you did outside of the first pick because the whole time, like that, after that first pick, I was like, there's no way Christian Gonzalez is not falling to you. Yes, he is. It's not happening. But he did. I don't really remember a whole lot after that, but I remember that one. I was like, nah, that's not happening. Monica, you didn't listen, apparently. He did fall. That was the point of the action. He was there. But he won't. Like, in real life, he's not going to be there. But let's think that through for a second. Because I, I didn't do this on the podcast, and then we'll move on. Bryce Young, number one. CJ Stroud, two. Will Anderson, three. Will Levis, four. Richardson, five. Tyree Wilson, at six. Hendon Hooker, at seven. I think is very realistic. Uh, Jalen Carter, at eight. Paris Johnson, Jr., at nine. Miles Murphy, at ten, because they need the edge, and Murphy is there. Corners, right. There's more corners in this draft for the Eagles than anything else. Uh, the Titans take Skaronski, Broderick Jones at 12, Brian Breesey uh, at 13, you know, give Quinn and Williams the opportunity to thrive. Devin Witherspoon has been talked as the number one corner for so many people. Lucas Van Ness makes a lot of sense for the Packers if they're not going to go tight end because they do need some help on the edge. They have not been very good on the outside perimeter of their defensive line. Mm-hmm. And then you have Brian Branch to the Commanders, which makes total sense that they would do that because – Brian Branch played at Alabama. At Alabama. So if you had to say, where would Christian Gonzalez have gone instead? Because I looked at that and thought, you know, yeah, Hendon Hooker at seven might be a pipe dream. But it also might not because there's a very realistic scenario that all four quarterbacks are gone by pick five. And if Mm -hmm. you're the Raiders and you're thinking, hmm, I cannot risk waiting another round, and I'll have that fifth year of control, which I would really like to have with Hendon Hooker because technically, like we've talked about, he's only going to have three years of playing time without being Mm -hmm. hurt. Well, he's going to want a contract after year two. I could could be wrong on this, but wasn't there a rumor floating around recently that the Raiders did not want a rookie quarterback? No, the rumor was that they would open a competition with a oh, rookie open a competition. right? Okay, with which a, okay, was that's why what it Hooker was. was the pick. Gotcha. Okay. Um, 
so what what would you have changed instead? Like, was there is there a specific player that you looked at in that those first sixteen selections that you thought no Gonzalez would have gone instead of him? When you have Witherspoon going over Gonzalez, I'm I don't like that. Oh, I don't like it either. But everybody's enamored with this kid, and he fits the bill for the New England Patriots as a small corner, who. Mm-hmm. You know, that's they've made their bread and butter off of that over the years with Malcolm Butler's game ceiling interception for the Super Bowl. Um, some of their corners even now have been mm-hmm. very, very small. And so I just it was one of those where Gonzalez to the Patriots didn't make a lot of sense to me. And I didn't see the Packers, you know, splurging for a corner when they could come back at, and get Emmanuel Forbes in the second round. At the same time is Devin Witherspoon physical enough as a as a corner? According to what I've been told, he is. Mm-hmm. I, I could. Be I wrong. haven't really watched a whole lot of his tape, right? But I did watch Christian Gonzalez a bit in college, and he would work in New England because yeah. he is physical enough. So I don't know. I guess it's a toss up of which do you prefer? Do you want a small, uh, like a smaller guy? Right. Or would you want someone who's more physical? Well, just to, you know, plug your memory as we before we jump into the rumors, I took Gonzalez at 17, Dewan Jones at 33, um, offensive tackle for Ohio State. Uh, some are saying he might be a right tackle, which was why I was iffy about the pick. I think you remember me mentioning that. But they need an offensive mm-hmm. tackle. I think you could put Chooks for on the left side of the, the ball if you needed to. And you could even just say, hey – Dewan can come into training camp, and he can just be the best spot that we've got. And if we've got to move some pieces around, we can. I took Jordan Mm -hmm. Addison at 50, the wide receiver from USC, because he had been falling up up at that point. And then I got Jordan Battle at 81. That's right. That's right. So did you have any other issues with any of those picks? No. Okay. I think I I would be a little bit more high on Dewan Jones than you are, but... Apparently he had the worst, like... Pro Day um, impression because he didn't even dress up to to practice anything. He stood off to the side in sweats and refused to work out. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, these teams are working Paris Johnson Jr. overtime, and Dewan Jones is just over there like, "Bring me my money." Mm, well, I mean. I get it, but how can Jalen Carter do what he has done and still, like, does the pro day matter that much? Because Jalen Carter has it matters done everything to torch his stock, and he still is projected to go first round easy. But, and then I know we, we can't, we need to have this as a discussion after the draft for sure, though, because I'll be curious to see if I'm right and if you're right. Uh huh. If Jalen Carter's pro day went well, if Jalen Carter mm-hmm. did not tell teams outside of the top ten that he would refuse to meet with them, Jalen Carter would be a lock to the Arizona Cardinals, yes or no? Oh, I think 100% yes. And because he's not, and we think Will Anderson is now a lock to go to the Cardinals, and I think Will Anderson is purely one of the best talented players in this draft, should go top three. In a, in a mm-hmm. quarterback class like this, he should go top five. Um with Will Anderson now jumping Carter, I would make the counter argument that yes, pro days do matter because mm-hmm. Carter 
is very likely not hearing his name until at minimum Seattle tomorrow night at five. Mm-hmm. And that's that is about three spots less than where I, th- I think the Texans would have been in very big contention to maybe take him at two. Once all these rumors have popped up about we're not so sold on a quarterback and all that. But um, we need to make sure we file that away for after the draft to see who was right and to talk about it. Because if Carter slips to seven or nine or ten, mm-hmm. man, you talk about a fumbled opportunity. Um, I hate I hate that we're going to miss it. I'm so disappointed. Well, I'll be watching, just not with headphones in. I can listen to Ben Rector and watch the draft without music, you know, with music being my backdrop. Oh, I will, if it rains tomorrow and our games get rained out, I will be able to watch. Well, I will, I will want your analysis if that happens. Uh, Monica, okay. do you have anything else to add about yesterday's episode before I jump into the rumor mill? Um, I was a little disappointed that you didn't have Adam on because my favorite episode ever was having Adam on. It did very well. And I would like to ask all of you, if you enjoyed Adam being on the podcast and you're still listening now, first of all, thank you. Second of all, email me. Let me know that you want the little dude back on again because I would love to make that happen. But we can be honest. Adam does not know all of the stuff about football that one might need to be on a podcast like this. But I think most of y'all don't care about that. So let me know if that's true and we can have him back on. Let's jump into He's the just so cute. Yeah. Let's jump into the rumor mill and I'll give you this for free. You ready? Um, <laughs> the very first thing is that Lyle Collins from the Cincinnati Bengals has stated that Jonah Williams will be back despite his trade request. Uh, we're going to be interesting, deep, he said. He stated. The next rumor mill is from Albert Breer, who retweeted something from Jay Glazer. And Breer said, I've had a bunch of teams tell me Bijan Robinson and Jalen Carter are the best players in the draft. Wonder who's been saying that on this podcast for a few months now. Um, <laughs> and that Robinson is in the class of Saquon Barkley and Zeke Elliott. I like the first, not the latter. So Thursday say, night um... might be a great litmus test on the extent to which running back value has deteriorated. Yes, I agree. Jay Glazer <clears throat> then has reported... Devin Witherspoon has shot up NFL draft boards. Really? Yes. Uh, Cardinals GM Monty Austin Ford has said that he is willing to move the number three pick if the trade makes sense. Mm-hmm. Andrew Brandt says, we are 24 hours away from Kevin Costner trading three first-round picks for a quarterback with a questionable character and reputation. <laughs> oh, my, how art <laughs> imitates life. <laughs> I love that. Uh, you know, tomorrow while we're driving to Little Rock or while I'm in my office, I haven't decided which I'll do yet, you know what I'll be watching. Yeah. And you know what you have to watch tomorrow, too. Yes. Though we're not together, we have to continue no. the tradition. Draft day, tomorrow. 100%. Now, Pete Prisco has stated, there is no doubt Bijan Robinson is a great back, but look at the Super Bowl winning lead backs the last 15 years. Names, LeGarrette Blunt. Damian Williams, uh, Sony Michelle, Pierre Thomas, C.J. Anderson, James Starks, Isaiah Pacheco, Cam Akers, and even Leonard Fournette and um, Marshawn Lynch were on second teams after going in the top 12. That's insane. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that That's that could crazy. be a, an interesting problem. 
Now, um, the Miami Dolphins have been linked to one of these star running backs, and it is Dalvin Cook. I did not hear this. Sources say that Miami could get aggressive and trade for the Vikings running back if he's made available. Now, let's... I think he is. Go get him. <laughs> let's play this through. Bijan's there around 17. The Steelers are obviously not taking him. The mm-hmm. Lions are probably not taking him. You know the Buccaneers might. If you are the Minnesota Vikings, do you call the Pittsburgh Steelers and say... We would like to move up. You can move to 23. You jump up to 17. You take Bijan Robinson. And then you snag another wide receiver later in the draft. Instead, because you do have TJ Hawkinson, you have Justin Jefferson, you've got some options throwing the ball to them. You don't have to get Quentin Johnston, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison. And the Steelers can move back at 23 and maybe also... Add another second-round pick. Mm-hmm. What if the Vikings traded up for Bijan Robinson and in the process of doing that, then turned around and flipped Dalvin Cook to the Miami Dolphins? I would lose my that mind. That would be intriguing. Yeah, I that would, would lose intriguing. my mind. Evidently, the Steelers are trading, considering trading back into the first round from pick number 32. Jeremy Fowler reports the Texans may trade the 12th pick and uh, let's see here. Bijan Robinson could go in the top 10. The interest is real. And evidently, the Eagles want Bijan Robinson, but they're not positive that he will be there at 10. So Bijan could go before, before number that 10. That is wild. And I'm hearing, and I think this might make it through into my draft today, there is a very interesting team that I would like to see B. John Robinson play on. And it may not be who y'all are thinking. The next rumor is, I will be surprised if Jameer Gibbs is not a first-round pick. And to the right team, if the Eagles do not get Bijan, if he is gone at 10, mm-hmm. I definitely see the Eagles snagging him with their second first-round pick. The last rumor that I have is not so much a rumor, it's, it's a two-for-one. One is a signing, the other is a declining. The Jaguars agreed to terms with defensive tackle Devon Hamilton on a three-year, $34.5 million deal. That means they're probably not going to go after Kalijah Kansi now at 24. They filled mm-hmm. that need right before the draft. They can let the draft just kind of come to them. But the Washington Commanders have declined Chase Young's fifth-year option. And I have an argument for this as I rip up my rumor paper, and I made it. I don't know if you saw that, but I made it. It is always foolish to decline the fifth-year option for any position outside of quarterback. Mm Mm-hmm. Here is what the team, it's a flawed logic. The teams are saying, let's do this where we will trade the year for the hope of production. We're not going to give you a fifth-year option, which will motivate you to play well. And that means that the team will have to then do what? 
overpay. <laughs> they have to pay yeah. even more. So in the case of Chase Young, it's under $20 million, $19.7 million that they would have to pay. Mm-hmm. You know what you can do <clears throat> if you don't think Chase Young is worth that fifth-year option? You can trade him. Yeah. And make terms of the condition be that that team that he goes to pays for that salary. And there are teams out there like the Philadelphia Eagles who have basically said, we don't care what it costs. They would make a trade, even though it is a division rival. The Tampa mm-hmm. Bay Buccaneers come to mind. The Arizona Cardinals, the Detroit Lions, the Las Vegas Raiders. There are tons of teams that would be willing to trade for Chase Young. And my bold prediction before we go into my boldest predictions, which is me trying to predict 31 picks correct, my bold prediction is that Chase Young gets traded either this weekend or before the trade deadline this season. Mm-hmm. Oh, I could definitely see him going before the trade deadline. But those are all of the uh, the rumors that I have. So we're going to do two mock drafts, and I know what you're thinking. Wait, you said one. We're going to do two because I don't feel right doing just one with trades and trying to predict it. And so we're going to start with one draft with no trades, and then we're going to do another draft with trades. Now, just to make sure that you're cool and that everybody understands this, I'm not going to give you pick-by-pick analysis in both drafts. I'm not going to do that to you because most of the picks are going to stay the same one draft to the next. But there are a couple of scenarios that I have heard that I want to toy with and check and see. And then when we close, Monica, don't let me forget, Chase Green sent us an email and had some questions for us to talk about, and we want to make sure that we get that. Chase has been a faithful listener. Uh, we really appreciate Chase, and he has sent some very interesting questions to consider. Uh, to consider. So, Sounds good. Monica, you can see my screen? I can see your screen. All right, we are starting the draft, and with the first pick in the 2023 NFL draft, it is Bryce Young. There is no doubt about it. Of course it, it is. At this point, uh, Will Levis has been lying um, and telling people that the Panthers have said they're going to pick him number one overall. As much as I like Will Levis and as much as I think Levis belongs in the top you know, five picks, if he did get drafted, the Carolina Panthers would need to have player uh, people fired immediately, just immediately. So it is Bryce Young. Number two. Boy, the Houston Texans have been playing this very well, but not well enough. It's C.J. Stroud. Look, you're going to tell me you know the Cardinals aren't taking any of these quarterbacks at three. You're going to tell me that you're going to open yourself up for either the Titans to jump up to three and you have to play C.J. Stroud twice a year, or You hope the Cardinals take Will Anderson at three, and then the Colts would slam dunk the pick for C.J. Stroud, and you still have to play him twice a year. Take him. The worst that can happen is he's a failed pick. You still have draft pick compensation next year. You have the ability to move off of him. Teams are moving off of players left and right. Doesn't matter what position they were drafted. Doesn't matter what position they play. It matters about their production. And if a team does not have a player that produces, they'll move off of them after one year. Hello, Josh Rosen. Goodbye. And they'll just say yeah. bye-bye. So we come to number three. Remember, we're not making any trades, and so I'm going to take Will Anderson Jr. here at three. Will Anderson is a player that in any other draft, and if Jalen Carter had not done what we talked about him doing, he would probably be one and two with Jalen. 
Yeah. That didn't happen this way because the quarterback class is a little bit more stacked than last year's. Uh, but if you were to take, you know, Will Anderson and place him into last year's draft, he's probably the Jaguars' first overall pick. Over, over Trayvon Walker? Over Trayvon, over Aiden Hutchinson. Um, and I think that means Trayvon Walker falls into the top top four or five. Yeah. Because I don't think Trayvon Walker would have been drafted by the Texans at three. Um, mm-hmm. Could be wrong, but they took Derek Stingley instead of Sauce Gardner. So. That was crazy. We come to pick number four, and it's the Indianapolis Colts. And I have been saying this for a few weeks now that I think that they are linked to Will Levis, and I believe that Will Levis is a guy that is completely just a great fit for them. He does not have to play this year, and people are not thinking that through. Will Levis does not have to start this year. You can say we're going to have a competition between Gardner Minshew and Will Levis, and we're going to try to let Levis sit for a year and learn the game, and then come in. The team that mm-hmm. did that the most successfully was the Kansas City Chiefs. They told Patrick Mahomes, no, sir, you do not play. We're not necessarily expecting us to win a Super Bowl this year, and so we're going to make it to where if we don't, oh, well, we've got our quarterback ready for the future. They did not win the Super Bowl that year, and Alex Smith was able to play the entire season and teach Mahomes the ropes. I think that's important. Mm-hmm. Though Logan or Logan, though Gardner Minshew is not a Alex Smith type player, I think he can no. give some valuable insight to Will Levis. We come I agree. to the Seattle Seahawks. <clears throat> and this is where the draft begins. Because I think the first four picks are pretty well set in stone. Uh, we'll, we'll do one other alternate scenario just to do it because I think it could happen. But I think those first four picks are in stone. And the Seattle Seahawks have a choice. Do we go with the edge player that is probably the most talented player on the board in the edge position that we desperately need? Or do we take that big defensive lineman? And because they have two picks in this draft, I say they're going to take Tyree Wilson, Texas Tech edge player. Um, Though Pete Carroll has been known. That is not where I thought you were going to go. Well, though, though Pete Carroll has been known to take guys that have character issues, I think their defense was a big reason why they lost last year and they Mm -hmm. need to fix that. And so it's either going to be Jalen Carter or Tyree Wilson. I'm giving them Tyree in this particular round. Uh, But, spoiler alert, to entice you to stay on, they will not be picking at five when we do the trades. They will not be picking at five when we do the trades. So, the Detroit Lions are on the clock. What do we do? How do we make it work? There are people saying that the Detroit Lions are a team that would take Jalen Carter. They're insane. Jalen Carter does not fit the character of what Dan Campbell is trying to build there, and he is building it very well. These Detroit Lions traded away one of their cornerbacks that they thought was going to be a star. They did sign Cam Sutton. They did do a lot of that other stuff, but you got to continue to bring in guys that can help. And so you want guys that bite kneecaps. You want guys that are nasty and tenacious but also good character guys. Then you go take Nolan Smith. No, I'm kidding. You take Devin Witherspoon, cornerback out of Illinois. He gives you an edge, and he should be what Jeff Okuda could not be. Now we come to the Las Vegas Raiders at seven. And the Las Vegas Raiders are in a predicament. They have Anthony Richardson sitting right there. And who would have thought that he would be here at this moment? I think you thought he was going at five, didn't you? Yeah, I did. 
I'm hearing reports that Anthony Richardson is falling out of favor with NFL teams and is no longer a top 10 pick. Based on that, because the Raiders are always known for their nastiness, I would normally want to give them Jalen Carter. But I can't do it. Because they need a cornerback. And my number one corner is on the board. You got to stop Patrick Mahomes twice a year. You got to stop Russell Wilson and Justin Herbert twice a year. And so the argument that I would make is they should take Christian Gonzalez. But they won't because they will believe that Jalen Carter will help Max Crosby. And I think they take Jalen Carter. At number eight, the Atlanta Falcons are a very unique team. If you look at their team needs, the Atlanta Falcons are kind of a little bit of everywhere that they need. Mm -hmm. They traded for Jeff Okuda. They have A.J. Terrell. I I don't think Jeff Okuda is is destined to play on the outside. But I think they're trying Mm -hmm. to build this defense up. How do you get a lockdown defense? You have a lockdown secondary. You take Christian Gonzalez. At number nine, at number nine, the Chicago Bears would probably, in this scenario, if this is how it actually happened, I would probably trade down. Yeah. Though I love Paris Johnson Jr., I would probably call the Tennessee Titans and say, you want to move up? But alas, we're not doing any trades in this one. And so I have them selecting the guy I've had them selecting for over a month now, Paris Johnson Jr. You give Justin Fields the ability to thrive. I agree. And so at number 10, it's B. John Robinson. Um, and there's, there's no qualms about it. It's B. John Robinson. You have, half, half, half to fix the running game in Philadelphia and keep it what it was. Bijan will be better than Miles Sanders could ever hope to be. Bijan will allow Kenneth Gainwell to not have to be the feature back, and he can come in in those passing situations, which essentially adds another wide receiver to their team. So you're almost getting two for the price of one. Bijan Robinson at 10. You might want to pause the clock. You know, Michael and I were talking about the other day about how some teams seem to be going to more of a two running backs set. Unfortunately. And I, in that discussion, I think I really, really talked myself. I already was a big fan of the Bijan Robinson to Philly mock, but I think I talked myself into that would be the perfect situation for both Philly and for Bijan. I am just dying for that to happen. It would be incredible. And I don't, I saw something on Instagram. I don't know how true it is or whatever, but uh, saying that it, that the quarterback that Bijan wants to play with the most was Jalen Hurts. Hmm. We had to play against him that one year. So, I mean, he, yeah. he knows. Yeah. Well, we come to pick number 11 with the Tennessee Titans. I'm going to restart the clock. And conventional wisdom says Anthony Richardson. They've said they want a quarterback. They've talked about trading up. But Hendon Hooker is still in this draft. 
and I believe Hendon Hooker will fall, very likely, in this scenario at least. But these tackles will not be there in round two. Right. So I have them taking Peter Skaronsky. Um, It just makes sense to me. It's what you've got to do. The Houston Texans are back on the clock, and I find it amazing. Monica can see this, but you all can't, unfortunately, because we're not a we're not a live stream podcast. The Houston Texans' top three needs were quarterback at at number two, that their second most need, at edge at number one, and offensive tackle at number three. At number six, what's their need, Monica? Like, let me go down. Offensive tackle twice. Their team is so bad <clears throat> that they need all the offensive line help that they can get. So, oh, yeah. though Nolan Smith is right there, and though I think I could give him to the Texans and everybody in Houston would scream and love it, you got to give him Broderick Jones. You've, the, the tackle run yeah, starts here. I agree. It happens now. And so the Green Bay Packers are on the clock at 13. They have a lot of needs now, too. You might be wondering, how are they at 13? Well, they did a pick swap with the Aaron Rodgers trade. So they're picking at 13. A lot, a lot, a lot of picks and a lot of things that need to happen. The Green Bay Packers' biggest need is tight end. But they need a wide receiver. No, they don't. Romeo Dobbs played very well last year. Christian Watson played very well last year. They do not need to take Jackson Smith and Jigba and overtake him and miss out on the tight end. Yes, they have more draft capital now, and yes, they're going to be able to pick twice in the second round. JSN won't be there, but Josh Downs probably will. Mm -hmm. JSN won't be there, but there will be players that will be. They're there. They're going to be there. So the first tight end goes off the board, and it is Dalton Kincaid. Um, I think if it weren't for his back injury, he would be the pick. So we come to the New England Patriots. And the Patriots are one of those teams where, hmm, what do you do? You basically hate Mac Jones if you're Bill Belichick. Um, you, you don't want to be able to stomach having Mac Jones be on your team any longer. But you also want to be able to be attractive for the next guy. So how do you do this? You take either an edge or an offensive tackle, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Last year, Bill Belichick took Cole Strange, and nobody saw that pick coming. So I think with Nolan Smith on the board, he takes Nolan Smith. Um, you can get another tackle in round two. The Cole Strange pick, it panned out. It went really, it really did. well. And why wouldn't you? You know, I mean... It's a good thing for you to do this. The New York Jets love that pick, by the way, because they get to come back and take Darnell Wright, crushing the Steelers' hopes and dreams of there being an offensive tackle available for them at 17 and also making the Washington Commanders leap with joy because the Commanders don't have to move up and they still get Anthony Richardson. You have no real pressure if you're in Washington. You have no real problem. You have no real need other than quarterback. Your defense is solid. Your wide receivers are spectacular. 
your running game is good. You can make an argument for a tight end here, and I would not be surprised if they went with Michael Meyer because right. of the need. But with Anthony Richardson there and you having some guys that you could just kind of say, we'll see what happens, Sam Howell, Anthony Richardson, you have some control. They can cut Sam Howell tomorrow and lose out on, you know, under a million dollars, maybe half. That's crazy. And so, at number 17, the Steelers have a lot more options than I was kind of expecting. Steelers wanted an offensive tackle. They're not going to get one in this scenario. And I have to ask myself as I put on my GM hat for the Pittsburgh Steelers, offensive tackle is number one. Cornerback is number two. And interior defensive lineman is three. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm prepared for this pick to be wrong because I think it will be. But this is what I think the Steelers would do because of who they are. They take Kalijah Kansi. Interior defensive lineman. Cam Hayward is 32 or 33 years old. He's old for a, a defensive lineman. He is not going to play another five years. You've got to be able to be prepared for the next. And what do you do to help T.J. Watt not be triple teamed and have Alex Highsmith? What do you do to where T.J. Watt will face a little bit less? You add to the interior defensive line. Mm-hmm. And I think that fills a need and... I believe, and I'm not going to try to force the draft this way, but I believe that there will be a cornerback at 32 that the Steelers will love just as much as they would have if they took Joey Porter at number 17 because I think Joey Porter Jr. is falling. That's why I made Mm -hmm. that pick. So the Detroit Lions are back on the clock for their second pick. They took Devin Witherspoon at the beginning. Plus, I also think the Steelers should take uh, Kalan Jacansi because the Lions are probably going to take him at 18 if they don't. Yeah, whenever you made that pick, my uh, my very first thought was, ooh, they are sniping the Lions. And so, what do you do? Hmm. You're the Detroit Lions. You are basically going to be in the Super Bowl this year, by the way, that your offseason is gone were it not for the gambling thing. You got to have edge players. Mm-hmm. Miles Murphy to the Lions – Aiden Hutchinson on one side. James Houston can go in and play defensive line now. Or Murphy, whichever doesn't work out. Solid. Solid. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at number 19. They have a lot of needs. A lot of needs. But again, this is a deep cornerback class. It is not as deep past round two, in my opinion, with edge players. It is not as deep, in my opinion, past round three with safeties. And so if a team needs those three positions, Mm -hmm. they desperately need to think about replacing one of those first. And Mm -hmm. so I am the Tampa Bay Buccaneers general manager. I am judge, jury, and executioner. I am the reckoning for the entire NFL with this pick. And it will be a reckoning. Because they're taking Lucas Van Ness. Wow. What better way to build your defense up with Shaquille Barrett being 30 years old? What better way than to bring in a guy that is used to just kind of coming off of the field and being in there for rotational downs, and you can work him in, ease him into the workload, 
and he will thrive in that defense. Mm-hmm. Devin White will be gone, though they said that they're not going to trade Devin White. They're not honoring that trade request. Sure, right. They're going to have to at some point. Exactly. Pick number 20. Can a draft work out any better for the Seattle Seahawks? You know, here you are. You're Seattle. You got Tyree Wilson at five. You need a cornerback. And there's two sitting right there. And unlike the other teams, you're kind of in a position where, what do we do? How do we make this work? I'm going to give Deontay Banks to the Seattle Seahawks. That's a really good pick, I think. It is just crazy enough. It is just crazy enough that I think the Seahawks would do it. So, the Los Angeles Chargers. Did anybody's season end more embarrassingly than the Los Angeles Chargers <laughs> last year? That was bad. They have a lot of needs. It's a decent wide receiver class, not a deep one. And it's an okay running back class after, you know, Robinson. It is a stacked tight end class. And though I think they will probably take Michael Meyer if he's available in this scenario, though I think that would make the most sense, they're not. Like, if, if we look at the Chargers picks, mm-hmm. they pick at 22, and then they don't pick again until later in the second round, of course. Mm-hmm. Jameer Gibbs will not be there. And you know that Austin Eckler wants to go, and I think they want to let him go. Mm-hmm. So, Jameer Gibbs to the Los Angeles Chargers. Baltimore, Baltimore, Baltimore. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Good morning, Baltimore. And Baltimore, you are welcome. Because I have given you the opportunity to thrive, as you always do, in overtaking a wide receiver's career and destroying it. (laughs) You know, last year, the Pittsburgh Steelers picked at number 138. The Ravens are picking at 139. And as the 138th selection was announced, the Baltimore Ravens said, you've got to be kidding me, because it was the Pittsburgh Steelers drafting speedy wide receiver Calvin Austin III. They missed out on him last year. You sign Odell Beckham, you have Rashad Bateman. You've got the speed, you've got the height. In the sense of, uh, not speed, you've got the possession, you've got the height. You need the speed. Mm Mm-hmm. You need yeah. the speed. So you take Zay Flowers. Wow. It's just a bad enough pick that it makes sense for them because they don't know how to value wide receivers. They've taken Rashad Bateman when they could have taken better players. Uh, the, I mean, the same thing with Tylen Wallace years ago. Uh, the same thing when they took J.K. Dobbins instead of taking another receiver. They're just known for doing this. And so the Minnesota Vikings are sitting right there And at 14, ranked overall, who has fallen 10 spots, it is Jackson, Smith, and Jigba to the Minnesota Vikings. Why would I not do that for them? For real. There's no running back on the the board for them. The wide receivers are going to fall off after Jordan Addison. 
take the best wide receiver in this class and, and walk home. You're so happy. You don't even want to drive. Just walk home. <laughs> At pick number 25, it is the Jacksonville Jaguars. And there's a lot of different things that I could do with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, this says they need a tight end. And I, I get it. They do kind of need a tight end. But Josh Allen's in the last year of his contract. And I think that what they're going to want to prioritize more than anything is either a playmaker on the wide receiver side of the ball, which I don't think Jordan Addison fits that bill for them, mm-hmm. or you go and take Keon White, Edge, Georgia Tech. So the New York Giants. Ah, man, the New York Giants. They need a wide receiver, but I just don't see them doing it because they have another handicap similar to Washington. There is an Alabama safety on the board. They took Landon Collins years ago. Did not work out the first time or the second time, really. Xavier McKinney. They took Xavier McKinney, and he has yet to pan out. Hasn't done anything of note. But they need a safety. And so, Brian Branch will not be there when they pick the next round. It's Brian Branch. The Dallas Cowboys. Dallas, Dallas, Dallas. Needs an interior defensive lineman or a cornerback. People don't really love Joey Porter Jr. But you know what Dallas showed a couple of years ago that they prioritized, which is kind of hilarious? Trayvon Diggs is not a shutdown corner. No. Don't let the interceptions fool you. He's just not. He's very good with his hands. He knows how to catch the ball. And he just catches basically everything that comes his way. There's another player in this draft that's just like that. That I think if you put him on the opposite side of Trayvon Diggs, teams would have to think twice. Mm -hmm. And that's Emmanuel Forbes. But do I give them Emmanuel Forbes? Because that's what I want to do. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that for the sake of Emmanuel Forbes. Uh-huh. I'm going to give them Brian Breesy. That's where I thought you were going to go. I, I, you kept talking about corner, and I was like, I just I don't think he's going to go there. I just don't feel like that's going to happen. The Buffalo Bills are on the clock, and there's a lot of debate as to what they could do. But can you really let Michael Meyer go to the Bengals at 29? Oh, absolutely not. They kicked your tail up and down the field in the playoff game. They were beating you when DeMar Hamlin unfortunately collapsed. You cannot allow them to get another tight end that is available to block. You just can't do it. Right. So, Michael Meyer to the Buffalo Mm -hmm. Bills. The Cincinnati Bengals really would have loved to have gotten in on the Jameer Gibbs sweepstakes. They really would have loved to have gotten in on a host of other, you know, players. Right. But a report today was stating that they're looking at upgrading their defensive line. A report today was stating that they believe that Jonah Williams will be back. That's crazy. So the offensive line is not a huge issue anymore. 
defensive line kind of comes to mind as an issue. But what do we do? How do I help the Cincinnati Bengals the most? You do it by thinking outside the box. And if you look at the tight end room, there is a two-for-one pick that I still believe belongs in this draft and in this first round. And I still believe that had it not been for Bowers, he would probably have had more production. He would probably be a top-five you know, tight end as far as, like, top top two tight end. I think mm-hmm. Meyer would have edged him out, and Kincaid and him would have been neck and neck. Oh, no pun yeah. intended. Um, <laughs> So it's Darnell Washington. And I know that that's I a good that pick, pick because I hate that pick. Um, just like Monica says when it comes to a team that's going to pick here in just a few selections. Oh, yeah. So the New Orleans Saints are going to round out this draft with three teams left. And the Saints have a lot of needs that they could go after, that I think they should go after, but they just won't. So I'm left with not being able to give them a wide receiver. That makes no sense. I'm left with not really being able to give them the player that I would love to give them because I think Drew Sanders is not a first-round pick with what I'm hearing. He has shown up on Mm -hmm. exactly zero mock drafts with all of the pundits and with all of the experts. Wow. So, the New Orleans Saints are going to take Quentin Johnson. No, they're going to take Mozzie Smith, interior defensive lineman from Michigan, because Mozzie is a player that can help with Cameron Jordan if he leaves and is no longer under contract. He can help mitigate the losses that they suffered this offseason. Mm-hmm. And continue to help their defense. So it's Mozzie Smith. He sneaks into the first round in my final first round mock of this 2023 NFL season. And Philadelphia. Oh, you one holding penalty away from a Super Bowl winning team. You. I think it is insane to me that Philadelphia was able to get Bijan Robinson at 11. And it was so insane that I think Bijan is not the only playmaker that they would be interested in adding. The defense, I think you can correct through the draft. The offense, you don't have a lot of picks and a lot of availability to get some top-tier talent. So what am I left with here? I'm left with Jordan Addison and Quentin Johnston. Well, they have A.J. Brown and, you know, Devontae Smith. I'm left with what? What do I do for them? I know the Chiefs want to take an offensive tackle, very likely. I know the Chiefs might take an edge player. But I need somebody. So, I think it is not out of the realm of possibility that the pick here, hmm, I had myself sold and then I had, I had a creeping doubt. 
This one, this one's really hard. Like this, this pick is very difficult. I'm going to take Emmanuel Forbes. Um, okay. Again, I think you can get some edge players in the second round for the Eagles, and Emmanuel Forbes gives you a opportunity. If James Bradbury continues to hold, continues to be a problem, you get rid of him. Mm-hmm. The Kansas City Chiefs. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. There are several picks right now that would just irritate me. So I know they're good picks, and I feel like you're going to go with one of them. But you know what would irritate you the most? Quentin Johnston. Wide receiver, TCU. Oh, boy, that was one of them. The Kansas City Chiefs, we'll round this out, and then we'll, we'll open back up the draft, and I'll do my ones with trades very quickly because there's, there's not a whole lot. The Kansas City Chiefs are a team that last year traded away Tyreek Hill, and everybody said they're trash. They're not going to be very good. They draft Sky Moore. He doesn't really pan out in his first season. I think he's going to have a good year, too. They take Mar- Marquez Valdez-Scantling. A uh, rumor just came in. Sorry. We need to talk about this because we won't have a chance to before Friday. Oh, yeah. We definitely need to talk about this. Jameer Gibbs has been linked to four teams. The Giants, the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Bengals are eyeing Bleacher Report's number two ranked running back in the draft, according to Albert Breer. We have mentioned that on the podcast throughout these last two weeks that those four teams are kind of in, in consideration. I was saying, I know we have specifically mentioned the last three. Um, I did do a mock draft where Jameer Gibbs went to the Giants, remember? Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But the Chiefs are a team where you, if you get Quentin Johnston and you put him on the field with Travis Kelsey and Sky Moore, who do you pick to stop? It's probably Travis Kelsey that you're picking to stop. Right. Well, then you have another big body receiver who a lot of people are saying is going to be a superstar. <laughs> And you have yeah. Sky Moore. Sky Moore, who is legitimately, legitimately, I think, going to be another Tyreek Hill type player for them. Not as fast, but I think as flashy. Mm-hmm. Quentin Johnston to the Chiefs should terrify everyone of you if you are not Chiefs fans. They don't even have to trade up in this scenario to get him. So, Monica, as we build the one with trades. Mm-hmm. Give me your analysis on the picks that you loved the most and some of the picks that you were surprised at the most. I My favorite pick was Bijan to the Eagles. And I kind of already talked about that. Darnell Washington at the Bengals was just really, really good. Yeah. I was really... I was very surprised when you had Jackson Smith and Jigba going to the Vikings. I was, if I was, I I mean, obviously I'm not going to bet on it, but if I was going to bet on it, I would have said that you were going to take Hendon Hooker there. It was close. So what pick did you hate the most? What pick do I hate the most? Yeah. Deontay Banks to... Seattle, maybe, or Zay Flowers to Baltimore. Yeah, I like I. <clears throat> I understand your logic and I agree with it, but 
considering what else was there, I could see other picks being made. Uh, sure, I can see that too. I'm trying, it's hard. You, you try to get into the heads of these GMs. You try to get into the heads of 31, in this case, other owners and right. general managers and coaches. And I hope I'm right. Three years in a row, I've gotten at least the first six picks right. And so mm-hmm. hopefully that continues. I like that trend. Um, as we start, Monica, I know at one we took Bryce Young, but at two, here's where the shakeup happens. It's Tyree Wilson, which means really? in this scenario, there's going to be the first trade, and it is the Washington Commanders trading with the Arizona Cardinals all the way up to three. Whoa. And they're going I'm – not, I'm not going to give trade details because I'm not going to guess that. But they're going to trade up to three, and they're going to they're gonna jump at the chance to take C.J. Stroud. Mm-hmm. So, C.J. Stroud is off the board. Well, the Colts are here wow. at four, and you've got to take Will Levis. You've got to take the next quarterback because that's what this is all about. You're not guaranteed to be in the top four next year. Right. So, it's Will Levis at four. That doesn't change. But now we get our second trade because the Philadelphia Eagles – like to trade picks and move up and down like they've got a hole in their pocket. (laughs) I mean, they do not want to keep draft picks. And so the Philadelphia Eagles call the Seattle Seahawks and they say, hey, you want some more draft capital? You want some Mm -hmm. more opportunities to make your team better as your team is already really, really good? So I have them swapping spots just for the sake of the draft. And they're going to select Will Anderson Jr. What, what? What? Hold on. The Philadelphia Eagles trade up from ten, get to five, and get Will Anderson Jr. Okay. I. I whoa. It's Bijan or Will Anderson, and at this point, the Eagles got to a Super Bowl with Miles Sanders because the defense had 70-plus sacks. Will Anderson's good for some of those. My biggest concern about Will Anderson when he's projected to go to the Cardinals is that he's going to get triple and quadruple teamed, and he's not going to have any production. If he went to Philly, that would not be a problem. Yeah. At number six... We're going to stick with what I picked, so remind me. Who was my pick at six? Devin Witherspoon to the Lions. All right, and then at seven? Seven was Jalen Carter to the Raiders. All right, we're sticking with eight, and the Cardinal or the Falcons are taking? Christian Gonzalez. All right. And then, let's see here. We have another trade. Ooh. This is the one where I'm, I'm, I'm really just kind of, uh, this is what I would do. This is what I would love to see. I'm not really putting mm-hmm. as much stock in this, but I hope I get at least one of these trades right. It would be really cool. That um, would be cool. The Houston Texans did not expect the quarterback run to happen like it did, so they need to move back up because Anthony Richardson will not be there when they select at 12. And so, in this scenario, the Texans move up with the Bears to jump in front of Seattle, and they take Anthony Richardson. Whoa. 
So, Seattle is now at 10. They have booking, you know, tackles from last year. They've got basically everything that they need, but they don't have a quarterback. Mm-hmm. But they do now because Hendon Hooker is drafted number 10 overall to the Seattle Seahawks. Wow. All right. <clears throat> the Titans at number 11. We're going to stick with whatever I did for them, which was Peter Skaronsky, right? Yes. The Bears still get Paris Johnson Jr. at 12. Great for them. The Packers are picking at 13. Who did I have the Packers? Who did I have 13? Dalton Kincaid. That's what we're going to continue to do there, Dalton Kincaid. At number 14, what did I have the Patriots doing? Nolan Smith. We'll stick with that. 15. Darnell Wright. We're going to stick with – well, no, we – we will not stick with that because Broderick Jones is available. So we'll give Broderick oh, Jones right. to the Jets. So the Arizona Cardinals are now picking at 16. They don't have a ton of needs. And you know who they're going to get? A trade. A trade. The Cardinals are going to move down twice. Because why not? They, I mean, they need the picks. The Los Angeles Chargers have called the Arizona Cardinals. And they have said, Ooh. hey, listen, you need a running back. We've got one that's disgruntled. We'll send you Austin Eckler. I'll do, I'll do the compensation on this one. We'll send you Austin Eckler and our second-round pick this year for this pick. Oh, I would do that in a heartbeat. And the Arizona Cardinals say, absolutely. Yes, sir. And so the Chargers have moved up. They keep their first-round pick in doing this trade. We're, we're saying that's, that's what's happening. So they get to pick again at 22. And at 16 overall, the Los Angeles Chargers select B. John Robinson, running back out of Texas. It's, Unbelievable. It's kismet. At number 17, I'm having the Pittsburgh Steelers take Darnell Wright. Need an offensive tackle. He wasn't there in the last draft that I think is the most realistic. He is now. At pick mm-hmm. number 18... What do we have the Lions doing at 18? Miles Murphy. We will stick with that. At 19, we had the Buccaneers doing Lucas Van Ness. Lucas Van Ness. At 20, the Seattle Seahawks. What do we have them doing at 20? Deontay Banks. We will stick with that. Which means at 22, the Chargers are back on the clock. And if any of you are saying, Austin Eckler can't be traded for a first-round pick, Marquise Brown... Hollywood Brown <laughs> was traded last year to the Arizona Cardinals from the Ravens, and they got a first-round pick. So don't even. Austin Eckler is going to be worth four first-round picks if that's the case. Yeah. So the, the Chargers literally get to walk away from this draft with Michael Meyer as well. Wow. So they get Bijan and Michael Meyer. What do we have the Ravens doing at 23? It was Zay Flowers, right? Right. Okay. I'm going to have uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba still going to the Vikings. Okay. I'm going to have the Jaguars still selecting. You had Keon White. I'm going to go with um, Kalijah Kansi on this yeah. one. 
So the Giants are on the board, and they, in our last draft, selected Brian Branch. Right. That's not going to happen this time Um, because the Chiefs know there needs to be some movement. So we're going to have our final trade. The Kansas City Chiefs have called the New York Giants, and they said, hey, we want to move up. Let us move up, okay? And the Giants said, no, we're not going to let you move up. You just, you just won the Super Bowl. We're not, we're not, we're not doing that. Uh, we, we, we value our lives in the NFL. And the Chiefs said, no, we're moving up. Deal with it. And the Giants said, okay. And they accepted the trade. And so now the Kansas City Chiefs are on the clock. And they take Jameer Gibbs. Wow. Um, he's not going to be there at 32 or 31, but he is there now. And the Dallas Cowboys were also, I think, a threat to maybe take Jameer Gibbs, but now they're not able to do that. And so the Dallas Cowboys, I think we stick with Brian Brissy, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. If you are the Buffalo Bills, currently this is the worst-case scenario for you. Yeah, this looks pretty bad for the Bills and the Bengals, too, mm-hmm. honestly. But in this scenario, Josh Allen's biggest problem has been Stephon Diggs catches everything, Gabe Davis is a good deep threat, and they don't have a slot receiver. Josh Downs. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stick with Darnell Washington for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And let me I make agree. sure here, for the Philadelphia Eagles, what did we have them doing at 31? Kyle Will Anderson. <sighs> okay, so we got the Saints here. The Saints, we... Are you picking for the Saints or the Eagles right now? Oh, it's the Saints. Yeah, my bad. We had Mozzie Smith earlier. Where'd the Saints go? Just had them. There they are. Okay. Mozzie Smith earlier. Keon White is there. I think that makes more sense for them. Yeah, um, He wasn't there the last time, so we're going to do that. Philadelphia Eagles are on the clock. What do we have them doing? We got Emmanuel Forbes. In this scenario, time. I am not going to hold true to that because I think no. I want to snipe the New York Giants and I want to take Dewan Jones. You come out of this draft with Will Anderson and Dewan Jones in the first round. Who would complain about that? Not a soul. I, I was thinking they could probably also go with John Michael Schmitz, and that would also be kind of sniping the Giants a little bit. And because I like chaos, I lied earlier, this will be our last trade. It has been reported the Steelers <laughs> want to move back into the first round. It's my show. Back off. Every one of you that are listening saying, he's just doing this flippantly. Duh. It's just for content. This is an hour That's and seven minutes in. If you're listening to this right now, it's because you love sports. So enjoy my little, you know, flippancy, if you will. So the Giants and the Steelers have talked. Giants say, hey, we want to move down to pick number 33. And the uh, the Steelers say, well, we'd really value the first-round pick and having an extra year of control over Joey Porter Jr. And so that's exactly what happens. The Steelers are on the clock. And with the last pick of the draft, you look at what the Pittsburgh Steelers have been able to do. They took Darnell Wright at 16, and they come back and they take Joey Porter Jr. So, Monica, we're not going to review all the results of of this, but 
let's just talk about the the teams that were different, the picks that were different. Mm-hmm. Commanders take C.J. Stroud at three in this one. They take uh, uh, they make a trade. Philadelphia Eagles jump up and take Will Anderson Jr. and that is a very plausible scenario. That uh, I don't know which one I like more for the Eagles. I don't know. They've they're robbing everybody blind mm-hmm. with either of those. The next trade that we did was the Houston Texans moving up to nine to take Anthony Richardson. Which I can see that. And then Hendon Hooker went at 10 because the Titans would surely probably take Hendon Hooker at 11. Seattle gets an extra year of control. They get a year to have Geno Smith continue to be the guy. What do you think about that one? I selfishly don't want Hendon Hooker in Seattle because I really like him as a prospect, but that is a very good fit for him. Yeah. Then the pick changed for the Jets at 15. They took Broderick Jones instead of Darnell Wright because Jones was now available. Um, At pick 16, the Chargers jumped again up with the Arizona Cardinals, and they gave up Austin Eckler and a second-round pick next year, and they kept their first-round pick. Keep that in mind. In this scenario, that's what they did. They take B. John Robinson, running back out of Texas. I mean, it's, it's highway robbery for them, too, at this point. And that trade is very realistic, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. At number 17, the Steelers, this time around, they do get an offensive tackle. They get Darnell Wright. The Lions stay with Miles Murphy. Buccaneers stay with Van Ness. Seahawks stay with Banks. The Chargers are back on the clock, and they draft a tight end, Michael Meyer. They can still get wide receivers in the second round. Because in the scenario we did, the second rounder was next year's. Right. I will, I will say in this one that you did with trades, the Chargers were far and away. I mean, even though Philadelphia got Will Anderson, you can't beat getting Bijan Robinson and Michael Meyer. And going to a division opponent is painful. Those guys, it's it's painful, but... That's what makes me know it's good. Yeah, how do you beat the Chiefs? You outscore them. That's that's how you do it. Uh, you you, mm-hmm. you cannot stop Patrick Mahomes anymore uh, defensively. It, it, it can't be done because the Eagles would have been the closest team that would have been able to do it, and they let the Chiefs put up 38 points on them. That's um, crazy. The next pick that really changed was Kalijah Kansi to the Jaguars, and then the Chiefs. I really like that pick. The Chiefs traded up with the Giants and said, hey, we want to get into this running back game. We want to have the, the dual threat uh, ability. Pacheco is a great bruiser. We need a guy that can catch out of the backfield. So they took Jameer Gibbs, running back out of Alabama. Monica, what do you think of that pick? Uh, it, was, it frustrated me, so I thought it was a good, so it's a good pick. I, I have been saying for a long time that I think Jameer Gibbs fits perfectly into Kansas City's offense. Mm-hmm. It just makes sense. And then at pick number 28, the Bills in this draft took Josh Downs. Uh, Quentin Johnston was available, but they don't need him. And you you don't really have to to go out on a limb to take Quentin Johnston. Uh, Pick 29 stayed the same with Darnell Washington. And then number 30, we gave the Saints Keon White. The Eagles, Dewan Jones. And then the Steelers because this is a Steelers show at times. The Steelers <laughs> traded back into the first round to get an extra year of control of Joey Porter Jr. Um, 
Monica, let's just look for a moment at the trades themselves. I made, which remember, I love making trades. I made in this mock draft one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine trades. I think so. Uh, two. Hold on. Right? Two, four, six, eight, nine, ten. I made ten trades. That's a lot. Do I think ten trades happen tomorrow night? No, not not no. A, not a chance. Do I think three of those trades could happen tomorrow night? Yeah, I do. Oh yeah. And especially because we've been hearing that there's going to be mass chaos tomorrow. Yeah. If if Bijan does fall somehow, like if the Jets or the Jets, if the uh, the Eagles move up for Will Anderson, you got to do that. You got to go and get Bijan Robinson if you're the Chargers. Right. And if you're the e- if you're the Cardinals, you're thinking we need a gap year anyway. I could see the Cardinals trading for Derrick Henry just so they have a running game for a season where they're desperately going to need it. So I think they're really willing to play ball. And Mm Eckler would be a really good, really, really good pick for them if they were to, instead of taking a first-round pick this year, take Austin Eckler and also take a second-round pick next year when Eckler's Mm -hmm. value will be diminished a little bit more, you get an extra second-round pick. Right. Well, Monica, as we get ready to close this out, I want to give you a chance to talk about, you know, some of the reasons why people should first listen to me and trust me. And then, two, I also want to hear your final thoughts before round one. Okay. Um, Number one, I'm getting a little bit distracted because I have on my monitor over here the Warriors and the Kings game, and it is getting a little intense. Oh, is it neck and neck? Um, right, uh, Golden State's going on a run, but I think that might be about to change. So, okay, Michael puts so much effort into these drafts. Like, he studies so much and he works so hard on this and he knows what he's talking about. He's not just saying things. I know I was teasing him about fixing the draft so that Christian Gonzalez would fall. But, I mean, it made sense. Like, there's there's rhyme and reason to it, and it's not based on Michael's thoughts. It's based on what Michael is seeing from people who do this for a living, along with some of Michael's thoughts. Yeah. Um, but, it, I mean, he takes a lot of people's thoughts into consideration. Yeah, I think I read 30 total mock drafts before making before making my final one. Like I I looked over two specific ones, but over this draft process, I have read at least 30. That's a lot. Um my thoughts before round 1, um while we've been recording this podcast, I have been hearing rain, so that is hopeful for my evening tomorrow if this continues. Yeah. We'll see. Um, I'm really excited. I'm really excited. Uh, 
I've been hearing that it's going to be really chaotic. I'm ready. I'm ready to have it, to have it be done. And just to know. Yeah. And even if every pick tomorrow night is a pick that is way out of left field, nobody understands, nobody likes, it will still be entertaining, and we're still going to have a lot to talk about. Like, what if Lucas Van Ness goes number one? Oh, man. So tomorrow night, after round one, I do plan on recording a very quick, rapid-fire cover of what happened, who was drafted, and I will give an initial reaction of whether I loved or hated the pick. That's, that's the extent that I'll go into it. We're up in the air right now. If you're listening to this, we're not 100% sure on what the live stream stuff will look like. It's probably not going to happen Friday night, um, and so it'll probably have to be Saturday if, if it happens at all. Uh, unfortunately, there's some, some questions right now as to whether or not that's going to happen, but that's what happens when you have life on the road. Worst-case scenario, though, Monica and I will do a full seven-round reaction at some point together. It may not be mm-hmm. for Monday, but we'll find the time to do something like that and give you a full seven-round reaction, um, and we will... Uh, we will just see what happens. I'm really looking forward to the draft. I always love this time of year. Um, I'm tired. This is episode 37. Uh, I have done five shows a week for almost uh, eight weeks. And that is a long time. Um, yeah. And so I'm, I'm getting close to the, the point of being just absolutely tired with this. Um, I will post something for Friday. Do not be surprised if you see nothing until Monday, though. After that, if we can't get together and do a live stream. Um, two things. Number one, if worst comes to worst, uh, I will be in your area, not this weekend, but next weekend. And so we might could do something in person then. Also, um, don't uh, forget to talk about Chase Chase's email. Oh, yes. Thank you very much. Chase, we didn't forget about you. I did, but Monica didn't. <laughs> okay, um, let me pull up Chase's email here. Chase said this. Okay, so hearing your dad on the GOAT podcast got me thinking, when is BJ going to pull a Tom Brady and come out of retirement and join our fantasy to football league? Inquiring minds want to know. Signed, the reigning fantasy champ, Chase. Chase beats me one year in a fantasy football league, and acts like he should just host this show. You know what? I do hope Chase hosts this show at some point. He has some valuable insight in certain sports, you know, that I would love to hear his his analysis, and in football too. But I'm going to say I this right now, I would love to hear Chase. Chase's perspective on the podcast. I'm going to say this right now, Chase. You got lucky, bro. You got lucky. You <laughs> Michael were, says that by everyone that beats him. <laughs> you were so lucky that my team did not score higher, because if they had, you would have lost. You would have been... <laughs> done for um no you know at, at some point chase you need to join the show and uh, if you're interested in that hit me up email me we'll see what we can work out well monica hour and 20 minute coverage before the first round sounds about right Mm-hmm. this is a very hopeful time for 31 teams uh that get to make picks and really you know 27 because four teams have two picks uh, and that doesn't include whatever trades might happen. But right. for 27 teams tomorrow night, their franchises will change seemingly forever. And for 31 young men 
their lives will change for a minimum of two seasons at least. Um, <laughs> you know, if you're drafted to a bad team, you're there for four years. Right. If you draft a bad player, he's there for one and a half, two seasons. Yeah. So, Monica, final thoughts, final things to say before we end? Let's go. I'm ready. Let's go. Well, until next time, take care. <laughs>